What's going on, everybody? What's going on? What's going on? My name is Seth. Welcome to another Lions Den with Seth, y'all. This is going to be a super duper duper show. I know that because not only are you here right now, but we're going to have a great time talking about lessons beyond the classroom part two. Now, if y'all remember, we we're supposed to have my brother on, right? This outstanding teacher. He got sick, right? And so we didn't want to catch nothing through the airwaves. So we had to postpone it, but we had a great, 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 great information. Also, if you are watching, let us know where you're watching from, okay? Not from your house. Hey, I see you, G. What's going on, brother? That brother down in the ATL, you know what I'm saying? Getting it in. Let us know. Spread the word, spread the love, and that's what we hear about. Look at this dude. What's up, man? What up, man? I'm trying, my phone messing up, man. I'm trying to share share the content. You can't share? What's going on, man? Then we I, got it, about I, got phone, it, man. I, couldn't, I couldn't tag none of y'all cats, so, you know. All right, right on. What's going on, Foots? What's going on? What's going on? Larry, what's up, man? Hey, look at him. See, look, you, you see how they play my, my crib? Where's that? Hey, Detroit. Where's that? Hey, look, okay. Never anyway, her, hey, Larry out there getting it in in Detroit, right, with his family. That's what's up, man. But look, what's up with everybody? How was your weekend, man? Man, it, it was really good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, so I'm starting to become a regular at church now. Oh, goodness gracious. You know I'm, I'm starting, I'm standing up and, and clapping and doing all that stuff. And, you know, of course, singing in the choir. But, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's been pretty good. You know, I found a good spot. Really? So what was the message on today? The message was, yeah, I'm, I'm going to break it down to y'all real quick. It is sometimes you don't want to do something, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, but... If the Lord tells you, hey, go ahead and do it, just do it, even if it don't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was talking about uh, when they was walking walking near the water, mm-hmm. they was fishing or something like that. You know what I mean? I'm halfway listening. They're I, fishing, I, they're yeah, fishing yeah. right? Yeah, you, know fishing. you know, Jesus was a carpenter. You know right. what I mean? Uh, all the other, all the other uh, what, what they call disciples were fishing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Jesus trying to teach them how to fish, right? Or tell them when to fish. He's like, hey, man, we've been walking out here all day. Ain't catching nothing. Mm-hmm. But on your command, you know, we'll do what we got to do. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And they caught a whole bunch of fish. So the, 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 the word was, the word was, you know, when you when you give the God first, mm-hmm. the will overflow. You know what I'm saying? Just give the God first. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, did, did you receive that? I did, man. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a really good message. You know? My man. Ladies and gentlemen, the young man is now delivered. All right. And you know what I think? No, listen, I think you need to do that just so you can stay out of Facebook jail. But (laughs) everybody else that uh, caught us last week, we had a long discussion about different things, but one in particular about Juneteenth. And so I encourage y'all to check out two shows on YouTube right now. One is called uh, Juneteenth 1865 to 2021. Great documentary. All right. Great documentary. And the other one is Juneteenth faith and freedom not talking too much about you know the uh watermelon salads you get what i'm saying I'm and, bad, man. say what you got ice cream and watermelon salad man stop it i hope they don't but i highly encourage y'all go and check it on out but anyway y'all look let me give y'all a, a quick uh uh intro to mm-hmm. our gentleman that that's going to be on y'all super super dope y'all mr Duncan, okay, he's a fifth grade mathematics and science teacher in his 13th year of teaching. He is a former Illinois Council of Teacher, uh, Teachers of Math- Mathematics Director at Large, I STEM Area Teacher Leader, 
ICTM Excellence in Elementary Education and Presidential Award for Excellence in Mathematics and Science. And listen, this dude is awesome, y'all. And also, also, he had the liberty and blessing for this teaching my daughter, okay, for the fifth grade. And she's so far out of line. He helped to bring her back in line. But ladies and gentlemen, y'all give my man, Reggie Duncan, a round of applause. Hey, man, I appreciate that. Oh, man, you know what, man? Every time I hear somebody read those types of things, man, I feel like uh, Rocky and Apollo Creed and Rocky IV. He's like, representative. Next, hold on, Let's, look. <laughs> now, I'm the scholar, bro. Hold on, of any other <laughs> that ain't what you do, district or corporate entity. Look, and do not represent. See, it's been up there. It, for it, it does, does not represent. You ain't oh, signing man. out 20 minutes ago. I'm just <laughs> we got that out there. Now we can begin this discussion. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so what's going on, brother? Man, how you feeling, man? How's everything, man? Again, bless. Bless, man. I'm like I said, I'm out here in Chattanooga. My best friend just had the, the little baby girl, man. Uh, it's been such a blessing. Um, Shout out. Family's been through a lot, you know, a lot, a lot of miscarriages. I learned what a rainbow baby was. I wasn't aware mm. of that term. So uh, just very blessed, man, to be down here and see Miss Alexandra Grace. Welcome to the world. I do need to give a shout out real quick to my friends who are downstairs watching Rescue Rangers without me. Uh, his other kids are a little upset. They're like, can we be on the show with you? Absolutely not. But uh, yeah, I want to give a shout out to to uh, Avery Kate, um, Adeline, and Mr. Anderson. All they right, are, please say our names. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Shout out <laughs> and look, shout out to everybody that you know that are former students or new students of yours, man. Hey, shout out, yeah. Hey, brother, Absolutely. this is it's an honor to have you on. So, man, I mean, you've been through so much, right? Being a teacher. At the you know the, the school that you're, that, that you're at right now, and um, you're doing an outstanding job, and I do want to thank you personally now and many times before and after that. But my one of the main questions I have is not just how do you do it, but why do you do it? Oh wow, good man. You sure you're not in education? Because we always start with the why. You know, you need to <laughs> know your why. <laughs> you need to know your why. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think it's pretty simple. Uh, I think food water, oxygen, children, you know, they're all our most precious natural resources, uh, whether you have them of your own or whether you realize it or want to agree with it, uh, without any of those things, uh, there's no future. So, you know, end of the day, I was blessed enough. My father was military. We moved around a lot when I was a kid. Uh, didn't always have teachers that looked like me. That's just the truth. Uh, and then, you know, we rarely had male teachers. You know, I had a male teacher in fourth grade, uh, Mr. Crowder. Uh, that's when we were stationed in Germany. And I'm going to tell you something, um, you know, I, I have no clue how to reach this man, but uh, he changed my life. And, right. you know, I, I knew then I said, you know, I love kids. I've always loved learning. Um, you know, I tell people all the time to quote um, well, Brooklyn MC, Talib Kweli, you know, at what point will you start to realize that life without knowledge is death in disguise? Mm. Um, this is that basic, you know. So, um, you know, me working with children, uh, it's one of those things, if you think about it, uh, everywhere that there's children, uh, there's a place of happiness. You know, we don't find children in some of the worst places in the world, whether that's prison, war, whatever. Uh, and every day I'm surrounded by what I what I consider to be uh, the, the closest we're going to get to God here on earth. Um, so long, short answer, but uh, it's the kids. Love the kids. 
There it is. That's dope. So with an answer like that, man, it's not hard to see, you know what I'm saying, or, or hard to acknowledge why you won the awards that you have. But yeah, Herman Scholar, that's what I'm talking about. But um, just talk to us a little bit about that presidential award for people that don't know, might, may not know what that is. Absolutely. We'd love to. So uh, the Presidential Award of Excellence in Mathematics and Science Teaching is actually the highest honor that is bestowed uh, upon a mathematics or science teacher in the country. Uh, so it is it is a huge honor. Um, what I would say for sure, if you are not familiar with the award, uh, please do check out www.paimst.org. You can nominate any teacher. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we really struggle sometimes with the messaging, getting people understanding. Everybody here is teacher of the year. And uh, we go, oh, we know what that is. Uh, but the presidential award is absolutely a highly, highly prestigious award. Uh, many award winners are also teachers of the year. A lot of my colleagues, friends are teachers of the year and pre presidential award uh, winners. Uh, so, uh, but like I said, it is for it. So basically every other year uh, they change the cycle. You have a K-5 cycle, uh, then we have a 612 cycle. So I want to give a shout out. I'm also uh, an alumni representative for the state of Illinois, uh, kind of, you know, kind of ranging um, events, things like that, making sure we can stay connected. But I do want to shout out all of the awardees who just recognized. We just came back from D.C. from a beautiful uh, Ease event. Um, and I want to shout out Carla Shortino in Chicago, uh, Brandy Hempen in Illinois, Tanya Katowicz, and David Sladke. They're our most recent awardees. Incredible educators uh, who I'm excited to collaborate and continue to learn from. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. And so, man, shout out to you. And also shout out to everybody else, man, that has, uh, you know, done the things that they can during these times. OK, during these times um, with math, I'm saying with math, I'm looking at uh, Larry's um, question and topic, but with everything that's going on outside. And so we have seen something. But ladies and gentlemen, what I want to do, I want you guys to um, to take a moment and look at a a uh an image okay this is a real talk here okay this is real talk all right mm -hmm. if you guys look in north carolina teachers leaving education 2018 it was over 3000 okay 3400 2018 2020 3900 2022 mm -hmm. over 7000 so i ask you uh, dunk man, what, what do you think about this? What do you think is really motivating that exodus, if you will? Uh, well, first of all, what I think is that, you know, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking and it's concerning, um, obviously, uh, for our students and for our educators, you know, because end of the day, um, you know, one thing I've actually been saying quite a bit lately is uh, helping people understand, you know, advocating for teachers is advocating for students. Okay, so end of the day, if you think about it, um, you know, a school without kids in it is boring, right? It's full of meetings and plannings and all those things. I actually said this when I was in D.C., um, but it's lifeless, right? Um, but a school without teachers is not a school. It's just a building, you know, and I made the joke, you know, full of a bunch of lunatics who don't pay taxes and won't eat their vegetables. You know, I love you guys, but that's just the truth, right? These are not, you know, so... What happens when we don't have competent, uh, uh, highly qualified educators uh, with our children? OK, so obviously we may not see these things happen immediately, uh, but we're absolutely going to continue to see the effects happening and rippling throughout our society. Uh, every single person on this planet had a teacher in some form or another. Every single career had a teacher. 
Um, so in terms of what I think about it, I think that we're in serious trouble until enough people listen and truly understand what's going on. You have to understand, uh, and obviously I am biased. Uh, you know, I spent my entire life working with, with uh, caregivers. You know, my mother's a social worker. My sister's a licensed social worker as well. Uh, you know, I, I've been working with kids since I was 16 years old. Uh, these are people who understand we're working in a service industry. Uh, but more often than not, we know that we're, you know, often categorized as, as bleeding hearts. You know, we're the ones doing the hard work that others don't want to do. We do the heavy lifting and we do it for the kids. But at the end of the day, uh, once you get to a point where it is affecting your mental health, your finances and everything in between, uh, I think we're way past that. Teachers have not been earning an equitable uh, living wage for, for years. In reality, you know, you got, you continue to see inflation, you know, these gas prices. I mean, listen, I mean, listen we want to have a real conversation. You know, you, you can want to do something all you, you want. You know, you, you can do it regardless of the, the accolades and the recognition all you want. But at the end of the day, if, if you don't eat, that's a problem. That's right. And then what it does is it creates other issues because your mind is switched on survival mode. But no, I appreciate that. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into uh, Lily's question. Um, do you believe that politics are playing a, uh, politics playing to the decisions teachers are making a lead? We get a teacher on now. All of a sudden, I can't read. See, no, <laughs> you know what's good. Hey, you know what? This <laughs> might have a problem doing it, but see, I ain't never had this kind of problem. You know, it, it, it's, it's reading out loud. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry, what you Mr. Duncan. So, what was the question? I missed it. I apologize. Do you think politics play into decisions for teachers that teachers are making the lead? Mm. I, I would say, if we have to be realistic, politics, you know, affects everything within the system in which we operate. So that. I know it's a really ambiguous answer, but the politics affects everything. Uh, now, in terms of our current politics exacerbating or potentially having more of a negative impact, uh, I would say I don't really have the, the, the knowledge of the data to say that for sure, for sure. But just in terms of my opinion, a problem is a problem. Yeah, true. And a problem yeah. continues to grow until the problem is addressed. And once you start compounding more problems on top of that problem, well, it is what it is. That's right. And so, then you, you, you can't compound that, expect the other ones to disappear. Exactly. Yeah. And, and for me, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's just social media or because we could see it more. But when I was a kid, I don't remember uh, students really being that hostile towards teachers. Hmm. Today, it's like World War Three in there now. I'm seeing teachers get hmm. beat up, you know what I'm saying? And having to defend themselves. And I see it a, a lot. Um, do you think that also plays into it? Do teachers feel like they get the support that they need or, you know, have have the backing that they need and for those issues to be addressed? Uh, you know, again, obviously, we're not a monolith. We don't all right. meet on Tuesdays and have a conversation and all agree on what our answer is. Every teacher is going to have a different experience based on, obviously, their experience in education, their demographic, uh, their geographic location. It often it's even subject area. It could also be your K-5 versus six, you know, so on and so forth. It's, it depends. There's just too many factors, right, to necessarily say. Uh, I can just say for me what I've noticed. And, um, again, children are a microcosm of our society. Um, I guess I would answer your question with a question. Would, would either of you or anyone listening think that respect has increased for educators over the years? Um, if you, if you can't answer that, then you already know what the concern is. And end of the day, 
we know as, as educators, uh, we, we've entered this situation. It's happened uh, actually many years ago, uh, where's this shift, you know, and I, you know, I was a kid and my dad was military. He was an IG team. So he was in and out all the time, you know? So sometimes my dad wants to come in and talk about something that happened two weeks ago. And I'm like, man, that's, I thought we were good on that. Like, what are you talking about? You know, but for him coming in and, you know, disciplining and things like that, um, it was a guilty until proven innocent. The teacher called home, the teacher sent a letter to we have a problem. And right. that is different these days. Obviously, uh, it is more so, uh, you know, my child said this or this occurred. And that's totally understandable. I'm not saying don't listen to your child. But at the end of the day, especially at the elementary level, that becomes challenging for educators to navigate, because I know sometimes I'll just listen. I think my, my families want to be listened to. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if you really were to take a step back and think about what you're expressing to another grown adult, uh, I understand that there's something that was expressed to you by your child. Uh, but kids get confused. Uh, kids misinterpret things. Uh, and let's just be real. Uh, of the three people involved in this situation, only one of us is concerned about losing our Xbox. Number one. Hey, yo. And listen, and listen. Number two. Who is the most manipulative at that age? Right. You get what I'm saying? Right. So and exactly. Look, hey, kids be look at see everybody ain't spelling right. Listen, kids be out of line. That's what they do. You see what I'm saying? And so they know how to play against you and you against. You know what I mean? They're doing it with they're doing it within the family structure. Right. You know, and obviously everyone has a different family structure. But you know what I mean? Like that that happens. That's you know. Oh, mom said this or mom said this and that. You know, it's it's. That's their world. They're trying to navigate the world the same way we're navigating the world around us. Uh, and so, you know, me, but again, I've been doing this long enough. And I tell colleagues, like, end of the day, a kid's a kid. I'm not going to get mad at them. Why would I get mad, mad at a child for being manipulative and lying? I, my kids know I never get mad at them, but they definitely know I'm disappointed. That's right. I, I, used to get, I used to get paddling at school and then got home and got whooped again. You know what I'm saying? Because I had to get paddled in that school. I, my school did that stuff, you know. So but what I think you said, you said something interesting to me about the kids being a microcosm of society. Right. And I feel like society's mentality has shifted, you know what I mean, to a more of a, a victim, victim based mentality. And so when it when it becomes that way. Yeah. So as soon as you as soon as the kids say something, they're automatically a victim of something. Right. You know what I mean? So I remember I saw an old meme where, uh, where it was a teacher and the parents and the kid. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, the kid got an F. And the teacher and the parents was looking at the kid like, you know, how did this happen? And now today, everybody's looking at the teacher like, how did this happen? That's right. You know, so it's just it's just a crazy shift on how everything went. Mm -hmm. But when you, when you just mentioned the kids being a microcosm of society, I mean, it pretty much summed it up for me. Yeah. And, and you know what? The other part of that, too, man, I've been having conversations with uh, individuals um, lately talking about what we do subconsciously. We look for the enemy. You get what I'm saying? Like, like we want to place the blame on someone. Hey, did you realize that maybe it takes two right individuals to, you know, make sure that we want the best for our children? So here's a question for you, man. How do you not necessarily navigate, but how do you create that working relationship I, essentially it's like co-parenting right it's, it's like co-parenting how do you create that relationship with parents man or or not necessarily create it but how do you um i guess make sure the space is fertile for you know that communication to be transparent i think you know from day one there's established expectations for what our roles are 
and end of the day, it should not, it should, it shouldn't have to be said, but you know what, we don't operate in a world of shoulda, woulda, couldas. So sometimes, uh, you know, you have to understand everybody has their trauma. I often have parents express their trauma they had with other teachers, other school districts and things like that. And again, my job is to listen and be empathetic. I'm not going to judge you and judge your perspective, but at the end of the day, you're the one standing in front of me telling me your story. I don't hear the story of that educator. I don't hear the story of that district. I don't hear the, but I will honor and respect what you're expressing to me. Uh, but also what I make clear is like, at the end of the day, you know, your life is easier when the teacher's life is easier. Why would you bite the hand that feeds you, right? Whether you respect teachers enough to realize that their, 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 uh, um, their place in society and the place in your child's life, or if you're treating as childcare, either way, you need the teacher, right? So when you aren't, when you don't have that relationship or you don't try to establish that relationship, you know, my parents know it's open door policy, you know, but let's be respectful of each other's time. You know, I wouldn't call you and say, hey, I need to talk to you immediately right now uh, and then be upset if I'm unable to get a hold of you. You know, I have 28 other families. Sometimes there's emergency situations that go on that are confidential. So it's not a matter of I'm picking, we're picking and choosing who we want to call. Uh, but there are probably you have to prioritize situations. So in answer to your question, I always make clear to my parents from day one, you know, you work with me, I work with you. We're good to go. You know, communication goes both ways. If I'm not, I'm not communicating enough information to you, then let me know. We'll figure it out. You know, just like I'll reach out to you and say, hey, you know, end of the day, you know, I've, I've contacted you quite a few times. This is a scenario. This is a concern. You know, sometimes we, we do get ghosted. That's just the reality of the situation. You know, not taking it personally. Because everyone has their stuff. Everyone has things going on. Uh, but I also just tell my parents, it's just it just the same thing I teach my kids from day one. It just it's respect. Right. That's it's true. Respect. And respect is not something, oh, you have to give me respect because I'm your child's teacher. Absolutely not. But the way I live my life and what I teach my children, you encounter every soul on this planet. And, you know, in other situations outside of a school scenario, you know, again, think about some of our prisons. Things, certain things are basic and the streets is basic. You don't disrespect, period. Because those things can come with consequences that you're not ready, you know, to, to, to cash the check that you signed on. That's right. Signing up for the wrong thing. So end of the day, I teach them, look, I don't, there's a lot of people in this life I don't respect. I'm surrounded by people every day I don't necessarily respect, but I choose to be respectful. That's always a choice. Hold so, on one minute, one minute. I don't think individuals understand that real. You see what I'm saying? I don't think they understand that. They feel as though, no, you need to respect me in order to get respect no it starts with you first so i'm going to get back to you give me one second but ladies and gentlemen if you haven't done so already hit the share button we are here on the lion's den we're talking about lessons beyond the classroom and we got the dynamic mr duncan in the building you know what i'm saying yeah Man, hey, you better take these roses, brother. Thank you. Because it, listen, I, I hey, because listen, I know you get many thorns. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Basically doing what you do, man. So I would like you go ahead, man, carry on. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew where they was if they forgot. You no, know what no, I'm saying? Doubt, no doubt. But no, yeah. like I said, end of the day, and that I don't think I've ever had that scenario. I've really been blessed in my career because again, that's something I established with my parents from day one. You know, I'm here to help you out. We're not gonna agree on everything. That's impossible. That's impossible. Would you have that expect, expectation for your spouse? It's not a prerequisite that we agree on everything, you know, but there, there's certain things, obviously, that are policy, policy, policy. Mm -hmm. And that's why there are scenarios where sometimes a parent will outright tell me I had a situation um, uh, kind of recently where a parent didn't agree with something. And he made it clear to me and no uncertain terms. I don't agree with this. Uh, I would have made a decision to do this and this and this and this. First of all, I'm not taking it personally. 
You know, you know, you're just expressing to me something and that's fine. I'm here to listen. Um, that parent, I'll tell you, I had just an incredible amount of respect for this parent. Uh, they know who they are. And I made it clear to them. Uh, we made it clear to the child. We don't agree, uh, but we respect one another. That's it. And this is where it's at. So I tell them certain things of policy. They are what they are. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not out here just carte blanche, just throwing everything at you. They did this. So this is what's going to happen. Obviously, there's those there's that empathy and, and professional discretion. Uh, uh, but at the same time, you know, I tell them, you know, if they haven't done these things, these things will occur. And that's what I teach my kids in the class. The CDCs, choices, decisions and consequences. And you already know my Uncle Ted, man. He, whew, when I was a kid, man, it was boom, boom, boom. All the time. Choices, yep. decisions, consequences. It's in your head, right? Yeah. So I actually turn it, I flip it into a math lesson with my kids. Nice. We'll write it up on the board, you know, and I'll tell them. We'll, we'll, I'll put a rectangle on it. You know, how many words are here? Three. Okay. So how many have the rectangle on? Two. What fraction of these words have the rectangle? Two thirds. You're responsible for two thirds of this equation. You make the choices and you make the decisions. Don't be upset at me because I'm the consequence guy. Your teacher doesn't wake up in the morning and go, oh, I can't wait to get to so-and-so. That's crazy. We're grown. We got stuff to do. That's absurd. That's absurd. And when a lot of my parents, I tell them these things when they first come in the open house and they all laugh and, but then everything is smooth. Everything's copacetic from the beginning. We just say, look, you know, end of the day, I understand where you're coming from, but you also have an emotional investment in the situation. Now, we are emotionally invested in your children, but that child did not come from me. That's right. So you have a dual relationship. <laughs> you are going to be skewed in your perspective as to how you want things to be handled, whereas we are handling this scenario across not only this grade level, but grade levels throughout the facility, throughout multiple school years. You know, so to cover ourselves and there's no bias and things like that, it is what it is. But, you know, again, we can respectfully disagree, but have to be respectful. Right. But you have to communicate. Get with your teacher, even if you're not one of those people who talks to your teacher every week or emails or anything like that. That's fine. Um, but you need to be sure you connect with that teacher. Uh, we can't read your minds either. So that a lot of times it just parents I haven't heard from in forever. And they probably thinking the same thing about me. You know, it's like, well, we see the newsletters and things, but, you know, reach out. Let me know. I wouldn't think y'all would even want people to just be reaching out to y'all like that. You know what I mean? That, that's surprising. I, I would I would say it depends on the, the school, <laughs> uh, like the level, right? So high school, you're going to have a completely different level of parent involvement than you wouldn't have in elementary. But end of the day, we all are in this for these kids, right? No one's saying to blow us up 24-7. That's not what we're saying. But if you only come to someone when there's a problem, Rarely is it just that one problem. A lot of times it's this, well, you know, and I didn't agree when you did this, 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 like, whoa, when we got a few minutes. Right. So, you know, let's obviously let's let's figure out what the concern is and how we can best address it and move forward. But why would we wait until we have numerous things that we didn't agree with? Like, that's just not necessary. Except you see me in a pickup lane every day. You know, I'm talking to somebody for 15, 20 minutes uh, after school because it's like, you know, I, I want my parents to know. You know, I, I'm going to make mistakes, too. We're human beings, you know, and that on the teacher side of things, we also I don't want to monopolize time too much. But when when educators also need to understand, stop taking it personally, mm -hmm. you know, be ready to admit your mistakes. But that's society. Yeah, we struggle with admitting areas. So we, we see these areas like mistakes as if they're they're some type of faults in our character. Yeah. While we're teaching kids the importance of mistakes, I ask them all the time. You can ask them all and I say. Sometimes instead of asking them, you know, how, how was your dad? I said, what, what, what mistakes did you make today? Stop looking at mistakes like there's these horrible things that have occurred, right? That's every mistake and every everything like that is a, it's a unique opportunity to learn and grow. That's it. And you know, I'm going to make mistakes as well. Yeah. So, so pay me the grace uh, that I pay you. 
So you 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 said something. I gotta get to it real quick. Y'all y'all don't be expecting y'all spouse to agree with y'all every time. Man, if you don't shut up, you know what I'm saying? Like, look, man, man, I must have been doing that part wrong, you know what I mean? Because no, I always expect her to agree with me. I don't care. And see, that hey, that that's the problem with you already. You know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah, you out of line. I had to start listening more. I'm hey, tapping so, out on that one. Hey, for for me, me for me, when um when I go to parent teacher conference, oh wow, hold on, look at this. The biggest okay. mistake I've seen. And he has yet to admit is that My the case. fascination with the Buffalo Bills. You know, My we're gonna case. leave that alone. Here we but, go. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, right, so, so for me, for me, when I go to child, I'm not parent teacher conference, right? I always open up, but I let the teachers know that I, hey, I'm on your side. I'm pro teacher. You know what I'm saying? And we do this together. I'm not the kind of person that's going to come up to you with uh with the issue, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure that we are on the same team. But, man, it, so sometimes, like, you, like we talked about pre-show, you know what I'm saying, sometimes you had those bad apples. You do have some of them teachers, maybe they burnt out or or what, that don't really re- still receive you, you know what I mean? You, you have an issue, they never get back with you. I got to follow up three or four emails and get to the principal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so... <laughs> some of the frustration from the parents right what do you what do you feel about some of the frustrations of the parents when they're dealing with teachers like that how should they go about handling handling that and how should they move forward yeah that's that's a challenging one to answer because again kind of like we talked about on the pre-show it's there's too many unknown variables for me to answer that in a blanket type of way because what i'm receiving is obviously a parent's perspective on a particular situation i don't I'm not hearing from both sides. And obviously that's above my pay grade. I'm not in a scenario where I'm here uh, with the skill set or, or even the, the- Hold on one real quick, Reggie. So yeah. so if, if a parent if a parent is feeling frustrated by a teacher, right? Forget the scenario. If a parent is feeling frustrated by a teacher, what, what advice would you give that parent so they can deal with that in, in an appropriate way? Okay. Yeah, oh, well that was easy. Okay, uh, I see what you're saying now. Um, I would say just like any conflict that you feel you have with somebody, you need to ask yourself, what is your intended outcome? Because if your intended outcome is just to go and get something off your chest and almost tell them about themselves and this and that and the other, then, you know, you probably need to write that one down and save it and never send it. Because yeah. um, at the end of the day, it, it appears to be, I would assume in most situations, the intended outcome is is going to be something that's going to benefit your child. That's the reason why you're either frustrated with the lack of communication or whatever it is. So, you're going to catch more flies with honey than vinegar. And, 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 and I understand there are certainly scenarios where people are burnt out. And again, this is just like any other field. These are human, human error is a part of it. So somebody's had, you don't, you don't know what's going on ever when you have conflict with somebody, you don't agree with somebody or somebody's not doing the things that you feel they should be doing and the responsibilities. We all have things you do not know what's going on. It could also be that this, this, you know, for example, I, I, I can admit I came back a little too soon after my father passed away in front of me. You know, that was hard. That was hard, you know. Um, but again, I wanted to be there for my kids. There was nothing, anything negative that came out of the situation. But the truth of the matter is, if you caught me during that time, that week that I just came back to school after putting my father in the ground, my father, unfortunately, he passed away right in front of me. We were talking the way you and me are talking right now. And he had a stroke. And that's traumatic. But you don't know what that teacher could potentially be going through. And that could even be a school year. We're humans. 
you got people going through, through divorces. There's just four million things going on. So I guess my answer to your question is I get to you saying I reached out four or five times. I said, reach out again. You know, and then at that point, you just have to say, hey, I would really hate I don't, I don't want to have to bother or include administration in the situation. And it's not a threat. It's just that you're making clear, you know, I, I really need these things communicated. I've attempted to reach out to you. You don't always have to 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 take it to that to whatever level uh, when you don't get the things you wanted, the initial steps. I understand the frustration because parents got things to do, too. Uh, but. And at the end of the day, what, what what could that potentially do, I guess, is what I'm asking. It could potentially damage a relationship. It could potentially, you know, have some type of negative outcome. You may get what you want in the short term, right? Now the parent, you know, now the teacher emailed me back. or Now they told, they answered my question or oh, I showed them or whatever. Not to say that that's your intent. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if we take more of a long-term approach to how we approach one another, how do we speak to one another, how do we empathize with one another, I, it, it would obviously it benefits everybody in the long run. You yeah. know, I've had some parents who uh, I'll never forget. I had a situation where a parent was uh, very upset with me. Um, and it was obviously it was a misunderstanding. Um, but I've told even my coaches a few times, you know, she doesn't necessarily like it when I say it. But I'm like, sometimes people just need a nap. It's like, man, take a nap, take a nap, man. And I don't take it personally. Sometimes <laughs> I'll just go, I'll get back to you and I'll give you 24 hours. Right. You know. And, and you know what? Myself in order to. You, you know what I hear too, man, from you and a good friend uh, has been explaining this to me, man. But it's all about grace and mercy, right? Because at any given time, you can be in that same situation. Teachers don't have a certain uh, armor that they they're professional all time, you know, every day. Because what you also do is you deal with what teachers deal with all these emotional uh, aspects from these kids, right? And like a little city, (laughs) right? Where in each classroom, you the mayor. So everything that happens, you're either leading them or you're taking a mess. You get what I'm saying? So uh, that's what I would say that that it would take. But here, I want to switch gears a little bit too to the, uh, if you could, describe your thoughts around diversity of thoughts, right? And how important that is for uh, the power of representation. What do you think about that? I think that, you know, if you think about what what are major, major shifts that we see in education, uh, I'm sure a lot of parents, whether you know a lot about what your child is or is not doing in school, you're hearing terms like STEM, right? You're hearing that constantly. So we're looking at, you know, innovation, ingenuity, uh, creativity, collaboration, communication, you know, so on and so forth. If we continue to do things a certain kind of way, we're not going to move forward just because that's always the way we did it. Right. What happens when you do not have diversity of thought and diversity of perspectives, you just continue to have the machine that's pumping out the same product. Over and over and over and over again. And I'm going to tell you something right now with all the things that are going on in our world right now, whether it's resources or, or climate or, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, the only way we're going to achieve any goals is going to be collectively, period. You know, so when you have a situation when all voices are not in the room, all voices are not uh, presented, you, we're slowing ourselves down. You're only bringing, everyone can only bring their own knowledge and experiences to the table. And if you only accentuate certain experiences, we all lose in the end. That's mm. all there is to it. So, mm. you know, it, it is now obviously me being a black male uh, um, working with children. Uh, I'm one to you know, elementary age children. 
and I, I haven't looked up the most recent numbers, but it's around about one percent of the teaching population. Uh, wow. It's not a coincidence that there will be sometimes kids receive things from me differently than other teachers. Right. So I don't often see the same challenges that other teachers may have when I ask a child to do something or so on and so forth. Now, obviously, that also comes with the experience and skill of the educated. You know, end of the day, I can't make a child do anything. And I know a lot of parents won't agree with that. I tell my kids that all the time. I don't know, Seth, if, if your daughter said anything to you about it. But, you know, the kids laugh because I'm like, you know, you've seen these kids wilding out in the aisles of the grocery stores and so forth. End of the day, your life continues to become more, and more of a problem. That's right. The more that you don't get it together. But at the end of the day, that child is the one who's finally going to make the decision to stop cutting up. That's right. So I can't make a child do anything. Uh, just like so, like I said, in terms of when it comes to diversity of thought, I can't make everybody in the room have any type of perspective on anything. But I also just try to teach them, you know, if what I asked them a few times, what would happen if Mr. Duncan wasn't in the building? You know, there's only so many males in the building to handle certain things, just like, you know, my, my, my young ladies know they have an issue. I tell them, you tell me, Mr. D, I got a private you know, feminine issue. Can I talk to so and so? That's that's the policy. That's the procedure. That's how we handle it. You know, and the kids even already recognize that things would be different for all types of different ways. Not to just say just gender. Right. Because uh, obviously there's conversations that go around that as well. Uh, no one's to say because you you know you have such and such assignment from birth that you better think a certain way, talk a certain way, so on and so forth. But we also know that we're influenced by society that that surrounds us, right? So there's also roles that people pick up and learn, and so on and so forth. So I, I guess I'm getting off on a little tangent, but back to your question in terms of diversity of thought. If we're not in a scenario where we're understanding that we need all perspectives. I don't care whether it, it doesn't have to be a color thing. People want to immediately talk about ethnicity when you say the word diversity. You know, diversity is thought it could even be geographic yeah. diversity. You know, we're military. I grew up a military kid. I think that a lot of the ways that I communicate to my friends, you know, most of my friends grew up in a completely different environment environment than me. You know, so for them, me, you know, we were more um what they call it, almost moonlighting in the hood. You know, love my family dearly, but we're out there in the summers and then we come back, you know, and little things. My dad would say, you know, don't bring that street stuff onto the base. He loved to say that, you know, you know, in the beginning, we didn't know what he's talking about. But you know, after a few years, you know, you, whatever do you mean, father? You know, <laughs> exactly, <right. laughs> you're picking up on certain things. So why is that important? You know, that I think my upbringing allows me also to communicate with people different ways. And I also relate to my students and, and able to draw out certain things within them, because more often than not, they're used to. A lot of kids are not used to you understanding or getting where they are. And that's what education is, is meeting kids where they are. And the more you have diversity of just experiences, mm -hmm. right, the more you're able to meet kids, not only meet them where they are, but to push them further and farther than they ever would have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I want to take you back a little bit, uh, Mr. Duncan. You've been in the game about 14 years as an educator, correct? Right. So in those 14 years, I mean, I'm pretty sure you've seen a whole bunch of changes and experienced a, a lot. What is one of the hardest things that you have to adjust to in the 14 years as we progress forward? Mm. Hey, but besides this crazy ass math, because uh, I don't oh, get it. No, don't say that about my math. No, that's <laughs> a whole hey, different topic. My, my daughter's bringing home, bring home homework assignments. 
And I tell him, you better cheat off somebody paper like I did. Oh, no, Herm. <laughs> I ain't did. not. Yeah. No, no, hey, no. you got the answer? That was me. You know what I mean? Hey, hey I'm going to tell you what was me. Hey, this means A. This means B. Okay, oh. this means it's okay, not gonna yeah. work. It's not yeah. gonna work. Uh let me let me real quick on math, then we'll come back. I forgot your initial question. But as far as the math, you know, after the, the mathematics has not changed. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of parents, are, yes, it ha-. no, it's not. You know, again, we're teaching your children how to think. It's kind of like I always give the kids the Batman analogy. And sometimes I like to show them the old school Adam West joint, and they're like, What the that's not Batman? I'm like, what that was my Batman growing up. You know, right, right. And I would explain to them how every episode ended almost exactly the same. You know, how yeah. how is the dynamic duo gonna get out of this situation? And yeah. even as a kid, you know, it didn't matter how many times you watch the show, you can watch it twice and you already knew. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I know he got something in that belt. Right. That's for sure, right? Our job is to provide students with a tool belt. Mm-hmm a toolkit of resources that they can use when they need to persevere through a task, because that's what mathematics is. Mathematics is to teach you how to think critically and getting people to understand the language of mathematics, because that's what it is, right? You, once you become more acclimated with, and that becomes from what exposure mm-hmm. that comes from consistency, mm-hmm. right? That's how you learn any language. Uh, what has happened is what's changed is the way we learned is we were being taught what to think, not how to think. And it was a whole lot of, this is how you do it. And this is how you get the answer. Well, that only works for certain kids. You know, my best friend who I'm here with now, actually, you know, I was breaking down and showing him some stuff, helping his daughter uh, with school. He was answering some certain questions and showing him, you know, how we do the modeling and things like that prior uh, to moving on to that uh, procedural fluency and application piece. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was so funny because, you know, him uh, considering himself to be a mathematician, he's because I'm already doing it in my head. That's absolutely. But that's because you, you already had a certain ability to do that. Math is not something that certain people just have the ability to do because they were born with it. What we're doing is creating opportunities and spaces for every child to be a mathematician, every child to be a scientist, every child to be able to think critically and saying, hey, there's numerous ways for you to approach this problem. And again, I tell my kids all the time, I cannot possibly show you every single way that you can answer these questions, especially with state assessments, which is a whole nother conversation. But it's always going to be flipped a different kind of way. Because end of the day, they're not necessarily trying to see whether or not, and I get a lot of teachers look at it and say, oh, they're looking to see uh, whether students are when it comes to certain standards. Yes and no. Because end of the day, that's why I pose so many problems to my kids through fun games and things like that. I'm trying to see, are you able to think? Are you able to pivot and find another path when you get stuck, frustrated or, or whatever? So I get that for parents that becomes challenging when we don't necessarily always have all the resources for, for parents as well at home. Uh, that's understandable. Uh, but, you know, end of the day, my kids, I'm not worried about, and I know that's not a popular opinion, but I, again, I'm not a superintendent. I'm not an administrator. You know, I'm, I, I don't have to answer to certain, certain things when it comes to the data and stuff like that. Sure. I'm obviously responsible. Accountability is super important, right? We need to know where our kids are and why they're growing and assessing them formatively and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Uh, but at the end of the day, my main job as a math teacher uh, is that my kids leave me having more confidence, uh, that they have more enjoyment with mathematics, you know, and at the end of the day, they're leaving class and saying, you know what? I love math. Mm-hmm. You know, I no longer see myself as somebody who's unintelligent because I may have an area of I'm struggling with currently. And obviously we're also pushing and helping them understand the growth mindset. You may not be able to do it now. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's all things in life. If you're going to shut down and all of a sudden say, I'm not going to do it. And I know I'm getting on my soapbox, man, but you hurt my heart, Herm. I ain't going to lie. 
because he was cheating. Because, well, not just cheating. It's just the math, math is for whatever. Mathematics seems to be that only subject that we tend to see adults in, in our society, specifically Western society, who are very comfortable saying, I don't get it, I don't do it. How many grown folks, you know, walk around and, and proudly say, you know what, man, that read, man, I, that's not my thing. I can't read for nothing. It, you know, because it's popular with mathematics. You know, if you say that at a table, and why is that? Because a lot of us have shared trauma mm-hmm. with the way the mm. mathematics was presented to you. And that's why, that's part of why. There's lots, there's a very nuanced answer, but there's lots of reasons why the mathematics is taught and expressed to students differently. You know what? So here, I'm going to let Herm get back to this point. But I think the reason why he has issues with the language of mathematics is because he was taught, you know, the mathematics of Ebonics of mathematics. So now that we have an adult, we can't have adult conversation oh, 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 oh. because he didn't get it. And he left. No. It. You know what I'm saying? Back I got my high school, school diploma, damn it. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> hey, 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 what they say? These get degrees. It was OK. I know. Hey, I've been to the end. Hey, that's uh, it. But go ahead, man. Re, re, uh, uh, hit him with that question. Yeah, but the question yeah. I asked with, with, a, with a person, you know, an accomplished person is yourself, 14 years in the game. There's been a lot of changes. And I just wanted mm-hmm. to know what, what was one of the toughest things that you – toughest part of the change. Besides, you know, we got an exodus of teachers and stuff like that. We already talked about that. But what is some one of the toughest things you had to adjust to in order to be continue being successful as a teacher? Mm. That's a very good question. That's a very good question. Mm, The toughest thing, because there's a number of things. Um, mm. I mean, let's be real, man. Look, Mm, you're the only African-American teacher in that school, right? So that just by me seeing that and being from the outside looking in, I've been in situations like that. It's like, wait a minute, it hurts. It's but hard. so you're and it's hard, but you're driven by different things. It was that one challenge. Oh, that's that's definitely in top top three, if not number one. Um, but across the board and in, in terms of because that hasn't changed. Um, yeah. That's kind of been, you know, I chose I chose to, to work where I work because of the students, uh, me being a military dependent, um, me already knowing the power of representation. Again, I've been working with kids since I was 16. Um I know these kids need me in ways that although other areas could also use me and need me as well, uh, there are many people in many situations who this is it in terms of daily interaction or, or personal connection uh, with someone who either has my background or my ethnicity. And that's just that's just a fact of the situation. Uh, is it the hardest? Uh, it is easily the most exhausting. It's the one that's the most challenging to express to anyone who's not been in that journey. Um, it, it comes with a very significant number of challenges. Um, currently, Illinois is very much so struggling. We, we are not retaining teachers to color. Um, it's, it's a national issue, but uh, Illinois has very high rates. It's, it's a problem. Uh, but I'd say that along with just, let's just be honest, just the day-to-day expectations. Expectations continue to increase. Um, but again, you know, we live in a, in a, I think I told you guys that in the chat, you know, we live in a society where you exchange legal tender for goods and services, right? And the more legal tender you have, the better in goods and services you receive. But we have mm-hmm. this expectation, almost like this, we want maximum results for minimal effort when it comes right. to supporting and paying our, our teachers. You know, we have many of our teachers who aren't able, pretty much not on the livable wage. You have to understand not everybody is dual income. You know, these teachers who have been, who cut grass and, and, and do 4,000 jobs and drive Ubers, right. it's not sustainable 
especially for numerous years in the classroom. And then also the third, I guess, again, because, again, I can't give number one is it hurts my heart to see what's happening to our educators. It hurts my heart to see people who have been dedicated and passionate about children their entire lives now almost feeling forced to consider jobs to just allow them to be to, for their mental health. It breaks my heart. These are people who truly, truly love your children. Truly, truly love children. Nobody's going to, you know, I hear people say, oh, this teacher's just here for the paycheck. What paycheck? Right. What are you talking about? You can currently go to White Castle and be a manager and make as much and more than a teacher. So what do you mean? You can do a third, if that, of the work and, and get two and three times as much money. It doesn't make sense. So I guess what's, what's really killing me is seeing what's going on currently. I'm very concerned about our kids and I'm very concerned about the mental health of our, of our, of our educators, but it's not just the mental health thing. I think a lot of us, we hear that and it's like, Oh, well, you'd be all right. Shake it off. Everybody's got to do what they got to do. It's not just that. Again, like I said, it's the workload. We live in a society, especially in Western society. There's not the same level of respect that you see in other countries. You know, when I, I worked in schools in Japan, you know, with my church when we mentored and went over there and did some things for a mission trip. Um, and it is, it's something I cannot put into words, the difference between the reverence and respect that you receive. Uh, even when I did some time uh, um, training in the United Arab Emirates, um, there is a, a, a serious issue with the respect and the culture of education in the United States. Um, and it, it really bothers me and hurts me to see where the change is going uh, because I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know for a fact our kids are going to be affected. And if that's an issue, then we need to figure it out. Man, ah, man, you know, it's it, it's a, it's unfortunate, but um, that needed to be said. And who better to say it, you know, than you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here on the Lions Den. If you haven't done so already, hit the share button. We only got a few minutes back in this, right? But um, we're here with Mr. Duncan, man, outstanding fifth grade teacher. But more than that, right, uh, you are a pillar in the community, right? Because there are individuals that, no kidding, no kidding, even through high school, come back talking about, hey, Mr. Duncan, Mr. Duncan. So that says a lot, right? So you instill a lot in, in these children, man, and I'm most definitely want to make sure you understand how important that is. So, so I guess one, one other question, right. That um, I think that is an imperative is where do you see our children going in the, well, based off of everything that you said, right. But emotionally, right. The emotional bandwidth where our children are right now, where do you see them heading if we don't uh work together as parent and teacher what what do you if you just you know crystal ball it right, right. now obviously yes, this yeah. this is just you but but yeah, where yeah, would you yeah. see them it's a hard thing to extrapolate yeah um i don't see it ending well unfortunately and that and that that by that i mean if we continue on the current path mm -hmm. right if we continue the current path i don't i don't see it ending well at all um but again like we said, the schools are microcosmic society. Let's just be real. We got some very serious issues in this society. You know, we we are now at a point where uh, disagreement is becomes opposition. Right. You know, and that that's a problem. Again, if we're not working together collectively as a community, um, we're in some serious trouble. There's no individual on this planet that's going to right all the ills. And so, you know, 
in terms of the emotional side of things, uh, I really worry about the technology and the, the, the social media. Right. Uh, it is very concerning. Uh, we are the most connected and disconnected that we have ever been in human history. You're able to to speak to, to one of your homies or something and, and halfway across the world. But the reality of it is we also operate in a world where it's like, hey, man, sometimes people get annoyed because you call them instead of texting them. That's bad. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like hey, everything OK. Like, yeah, I'm just calling. What you calling for? <laughs> it's like we, we live in this go, 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 go society and our kids are doing the same. Our kids struggle sometimes. It's like they're being forced to to either ignore or suppress emotion because it's like on to the next thing. It's no different than either, you know, the school shootings and just the horrible things we're seeing throughout our, our, our society. It's hard to even keep track. And a lot of people just disconnect. So in, in answer to your question, I hope that the kids don't become some of the adults, but I see adults doing it for what they consider to be their mental health or sanity. Just saying, I can't even look at it anymore. That doesn't mean the issue disappears, you know? So our kids become so emotionally taxed and overwhelmed you know, I don't want to see them become parents who also just say, look, man, this is just survival. We got to worry about me and mine. So we worry about us. And that's the end of it. That, again, is not going to get us to any type of collective goal. Yeah. 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 Man, I've man. heard that. I've heard that before, man. Individuals saying, you know, what? I'm only worried about me, my four and no more. And that's unfortunate because it truly do take a uh, a village. But go ahead, Big Herm. Man, I, I just thought about it, man. It's literally probably only four people that I talk to on the phone. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is text messages. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I, <laughs> and I get like that. They're like, why is this person calling me? We all do it. Something must be wrong or something. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, and I get what he's saying too, man, because it's almost like, you know, we are so, you know, we're connected, but we're not really. Wow. You, you get what I'm saying? And, and and I think that's I think it's important, man, to really understand that it's still a need. And just a text does not really equate to that real life connectivity. You know what I mean? All day, every day. That's just a part of being a fifth grade teacher and educators out there listening. You already know. These are things we take for granted because we know better because we're grown adults. A child needs to be taught strategies. Often these kids have these issues and these beefs that have originated uh, or took place, you know, exclusively through text message. Yeah. Or on Facebook. Yeah, right. They misunderstanding things. And I'm like, honey, did you even ask her? Well, I don't need to because she texted me a such and such emoji. This actually happened. <laughs> and I said, well, kiddo, how would you know? Like what? So what exactly? I know what it means. I said, OK, you tell me what it means and then tell me what other ways it could mean. And she See. gave me like five, six different. I said, so how do you know that's what she means? See. Um, exactly. Have you, have you talked to her? And that's the other thing. Also, don't talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. You have conflict, man. Set a time and a date. Look the person in the eye. And again, that's the piece that continues to be affected. It's the empathy. It's easy to do certain things online. It's easy to say certain things to somebody through text. And some people, it's even easy to say things to people on the phone. Because trust me, I've been in that scenario a few times where it's just like, hey, and again, I'm not a tough guy running around this and that and the other. But in the, the day, I've been raised where I've been raised. So it's like, I know you wouldn't disrespect. I see you. I live in the city. I live in St. Louis. I see you walk across the street clutching your purse every day. So don't be tough online or on the phone and this and that. And not to say that anything's going to move to that type of situation. That's not what I'm saying, obviously. But it becomes too easy for us. Right. It becomes too easy for us not to respect the consequences of our actions and our words and the effect they have on other people. And kids need to be taught because a lot of times they don't 
No. There, most of them, their conversations, especially with large groups of kids, because that group text is the biggest issues we have, obviously, in elementary, is outside of this group text, I have these scenarios that come up with these group texts, and I'm like, I watch you all every single day. I watch you through the window and the playground. I never see you interact with that person. So you're telling me the only experiences you have communication with this person is through this text message. Right. And now y'all have beef. Yo, and listen, we do that too. You dig right. what I'm saying? And you know what? I think we're... we're Yo, shout out if y'all think we need to have a part two with this, right? Because um, I think it's important because there's some things socially, right, on digital, uh, uh, digitally, that individuals and these children are no kidding committing suicide because of someone right. has unfriended them. You get what I'm saying? It's not real. And then low key, you really didn't like them anyway. They didn't like you. You so. What is it? You know, well, so much, right. man. but at the same time, what what we have to really do is we have to understand if it's real to me, it's real. That's it. That's it. If it's that's real right. to me, it's real. And that's Definitely. that's all there is to it. You know, I, again, I have a lot of lot of friends. My homies, all oh, these kids these days and this and that and the other. And I'm like, look, man, you're speaking from your perspective. You know, and I understand for you, you know, you just get run off the block or you had to knuckle up and do what you had to do and all those things. I said, but, you know, end of the day, these kids, when something happens, man, they can't get away from it. Can you imagine if you got stomped out and everybody can view it in HD anytime they want? That's yeah, crazy. All day. All day. That's crazy. Most hurt times. It's yeah. hurtful. All over the world, too. Not just right. your neighborhood. All over the world. They watch so, it. yeah. And, and you know what? Shout out to, to Larry. He's not on right now, but I know his perspective as far as our generation versus the new generation were raised different absolutely right but we didn't have the technology but trump not trauma but bullying is still bullying no matter what absolutely. you put it in you get what i'm saying so i do understand that but here let me uh get ready to wrap this up big her man what's your word man hey so first off i want to thank you for coming on um i know uh speaking about this stuff man because it's so broad it's like you said i mean it's teachers all over the world so it's sometimes it's kind of hard to pinpoint everything because man i mean everybody's experiences is different i appreciate what you do for the community what you do for the um for the kids when i hear your resume when i hear your rundown man i know that it, it is well deserved and i hope that we do get that part too because that that um that social media that social uh talk we didn't get to that man but i think we really do need to get to that conversation thank you again mr dunk for coming on no i appreciate you i appreciate you brother most definitely. All right, brother. So look, I'm I want to give you I want to give you a minute, man, to talk to everybody, man, even your students, your past students, your teachers, you know, your coworkers, your uh your parents, man. I want to give you that time. Go ahead, brother. Absolutely. I want well, to say the same thing and my kids already know. You know, if you know better, do better. And if you don't know better, then you need to get the tools and resources you need to educate yourself. You know, and that's just in all areas. Um, you know, our parents, we appreciate you. We know you're going through it. You know, we know we know you're going through, but also understand your educators are as well. Um, you know, everybody in this situation is human. Uh, and the end goal, the end objective is us, for us to help these students, to help our kids become the best version of themselves. You know, end of the day, we're the coaches. They're, they're, they're on the, uh, the hoop court. Right. So it doesn't matter. We can coach them, coach them, coach until you're blue in the face. But at the end of the day, for kids, you already know you have to make the choice as well to do what you need to do. You know, and I would tell my families, just understand they're across the country. Your ch your child's teacher is running out and hugging you and hugging your child and telling you have a great day and all those things and they're crying inside 24-7. Please understand that's happening in a lot of, not all situations, but that's happening with a lot of educators. 
because at the end of the day, we have a responsibility that's no different if there's a fire or a tornado. I'm not going to be running around going, oh, we're all going to die. That's craziness. You know, I have a responsibility to lead. Uh, but understand that sometimes while your teachers are leading, um, they're, they're falling apart on the inside. There's other things that are going on that you may not necessarily understand. So work with your teachers, work with your kids, and listen to your children. Kids, listen to your parents. But I really do mean that. I, I form a great connection with my kids because more often than not, they tell you kids don't feel heard. They don't feel heard. Mm. Even even parents who say, I talk to them every night. Trust no. me. They tell me that because you have to keep in mind, again, it's a dual relationship. Can I, yeah. can I truly tell you how I feel, Daddy? See? Because there's going to be a consequence. So I know full well. So I'm like, yeah, I might give you a little bit. Yeah. But, so just and like you said, mind. it's a difference, too, man, between talking to your children and talking to Adam. So, man, I want to thank you for being on, man. And shout out to you, everything that you're doing, everybody out there. And also, hold on real quick. People don't know that you're a hip hop head. OK, oh, man, people absolutely. just don't know. So the parents <laughs> out there, listen, he low key want to be a DJ, right? Because he's nah. on it like that. So, hey, who's your favorite artist, man? Just let them know. Oh, who's your wow. Favorite? Favorite? Oof. Because Her Herms is uh, Master P for some ridiculous reason. Oh, wow. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, uh, the kids know my, my favorite group of all time is the, the legendary Roots crew. You're right. Um, absolutely. I'm a Roots guy. Tyloo Quali. I'm old school, man. So mm -hmm. most there for Yasin Bay, I guess you call him these days. But these days I'm listening to like Odyssey. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, appropriateness, right? So yeah. I tell kids because they ask me all the time. You know, they'll say things like, oh, do you drink alcohol? And then you're like, oh, where did this conversation come from? <laughs> right. You know, but we also tell them at the end of the day, there's adult decisions and there's also adult decisions that aren't healthy decisions, right? That's right. But that is an adult decision. Uh, uh -huh. But as far as some of the content, you know, and I tell them at the end of the day, I love working with children, but I'm not a child. Right. So, you know, friends, let's not all go running off and trying to figure out what's in Mr. D's playlist and <laughs> hold me to every word that comes out of someone's mouth. But yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I, I love hip hop very much uh, because, again, it's not music to me. It's a culture. But that's it a is. whole other conversation. Right on. And, oh, you know, what? I, yeah. I think we will be doing that, man, in part two. So I want to thank you for being on. Everybody, give them a round of applause. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about one of the most thankless jobs, but I'm telling you, most definitely the backbone of the community. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know a father, okay, if you don't know a father or a father figure, please, please, please make sure you give them a nice hug around the shoulder, around the waist. Some of them might need a hug around the neck, you dig? But let them know next week on Father's Day that you appreciate them. Now, we won't have a show on Father's Day, right? But we're just going to take a pause for the cause, right? So daddies can do what daddies do. Well, hold what on. Do, huh? And if you, don't, if you don't know a father or anything, you need, you need somebody to thank, you can cash at me. What you would go ahead and send to that father. I'll provide my cash app in the link below. No, you're not. You know what I'm saying? No, no. Hating on the come up, man. You always hating on the come no, up. No, no. What we not go do is do some social media peddling. You did us. It's my birthday. <laughs> no, that ain't it. But listen, y'all, we do appreciate y'all. We go get it in. Thank y'all for tuning in to the Lions Den with Seth. We would not be here if it wasn't for you. All right. One.